Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 17 of Chasing the Chip. Kind of crazy, man. 17 episodes. Just did episode 20 of the Phantom Sports Show as well. We appreciate all you guys' support and love. We wouldn't be doing this if, without you guys, so thank you. I am your host, Moise. As always, alongside my lovely co-host, Dre. How are you doing, Dre? I'm good, man. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, been kind of bored, honestly, since the Wizards <laughs> yeah. have been bounced. And just kind of, you don't, you don't feel as invested when your team is out the playoffs. But uh, it's been a fun kind of playoff season. It's been a fun time, regardless. But, you know, it's just, when can the Wizards be good, man? Just stop fucking <laughs> sucking. But, <laughs> with that being said, let's move on to the team that is actually good, uh, that we care about. Because the Washington football team just wrapped up mandatory minicamp. Uh, we didn't get much of a look, but, you know, the media got a pretty good look and relayed a lot of the information uh, about pretty much everybody on the team and said how they were looking. Obviously, it's still very early. It's June. Uh, a lot of these guys don't know the system or are, like, just kind of getting their legs back under them at this point. So we can't read too, too much into it. But I still think it's worth a mention to at least say, like, um, what's what's been going on on that front. Yeah. So the biggest thing that people have been kind of taking a look at, kind of side-eyeing, is the quarterback situation. Because Taylor Heineke is apparently balling a little bit, throwing some picks here and there, but apparently he's looking better than people had anticipated. It's... So much so that Ron Rivera said he was going to be an open competition at quarterback. It's not going to be, but he said he said it would be. Bro, Ron <laughs> is full of shit. He's listen. I know, like I know, the situation is a little bit different than last year, but I feel the exact same way as I did last year. And like he keeps throwing, you know, shade as you know to the competition last year. But it's like yeah. these words came out of your mouth. You know, you said that it was going to be a competition last year, and you know, ended up being Haskins. And he's like, oh, well, I wish it was more of an open competition. At the end of the day, you're the coach. So mm-hmm. you were telling us that it was going to be, and then it wasn't. So, like, it's your fault. And then it's kind of the same situation now. You go out and pay a guy $10 million, and now you want to talk about, oh, it's a competition. Realistically, unless, you know, Fitz absolutely bombs, he's going to start, like, no matter what. Like, I don't know why Ron is, you know, faking and stuff. We already know. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, even with the recent uh, camp, Fitz was getting all the, you know, reps with the ones and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. Heineke, all the snaps and stuff I've seen, he was with the twos. And, you know, yep. Ron even said, like, the when um, training camp really starts, he hopes to, you know, uh, turn it around and give guys snaps with the ones. Realistically, we know that's probably not going to happen. So it's like, mm-hmm. cut the shit and, you know, <laughs> stop trying to act like, you know, last year was just, you know, the Dan and Haskins show mm-hmm. when, you know, he played a part of it. And even now, he still is. So yeah. for me, it's just a little bit annoying. It's a pretty identical situation obviously it's a little more on the shoulders of like a first round draft pick than like a 38 year old on a 10 million dollar one year deal but either way it's the same situation something catastrophic has to happen i agree for fits that uh for fits to not start uh week one but i think we're both in agreement no matter what happens fitzpatrick is probably the week one starter uh unless barring any injury or anything like that I think he's your week one starter. Uh, I don't know if he lasts until the end of the season. That's something. Oh, he's not. No, no chance. <laughs> something. We'll, we'll see a little more in the preseason what he's got. Maybe maybe he's turned a corner. Maybe some people are right, but probably not. Uh, but overall, I think it's kind of interesting that at least Heineke is playing to these standards that have been set after he played really well in that playoff series. But yeah. again, 
Fitzpatrick is playing against the ones, like you said. And it's not like in years past where playing against the ones was kind of whatever because the team was not yeah. good. This defense is really, really, really good now. Uh, and playing against the ones, if you don't look great as a quarterback, I don't, in June, I don't think is the biggest deal in the world. Yeah. Especially because of just how good everybody seems to think this defense is. Yeah. It sounds like we actually have a little bit of a secondary, tree, and that's very, very weird to me. No, I'm not even going to say a little bit. I, I think that we genuinely do. I definitely think, you know, as far as safety goes, there's a little bit of question marks, you know, as far as the positions. But as a whole, mm-hmm. I really like what we got going on. You know, I don't think that Bobby, like, you know, just to talk about one guy, I don't think that Bobby McCain is, you know, this spectacular guy. But I think that that addition for the price and you know, just for like the one year, I think that that's a really, really solid addition. And he's been killing it in camp. So for me, it's like, I love that move. And like I said, no, he isn't, you know, a top five cornerback or anything like that. But he is a very, very solid player. And really, that's all we needed when you get a guy like William Jackson and already have a guy like Kendall Fuller and even a guy like Jimmy Moreland. We Mm -hmm. already had those guys. So we just needed the guys that can come in when, you know, they need a breather. And I think that Bobby McCain and even, you know, I don't think that Daryl Roberts is anything necessarily special, but I also think that he's a pretty solid piece, too. And he's Mm -hmm. been pretty decent at camp, too. And a guy like Benjamin St. Juice. St. Juice. You know, yeah, you know. The pick, come full I didn't know too much him. about. Yeah, the pick. <laughs> I didn't know too much about it. So for me, it was like it could be a reach, but you know, I'm not going to say too much because I don't know much about him. So I mm-hmm. didn't dislike it, but I didn't like it either because I didn't know about him. But he's been killing it too. So yeah. like you said, like I think we got a little bit more of a second, like even beyond little. Like you know, I'm not trying to get you know talk too crazy, but mm-hmm. I definitely like what we added, and I like that they're doing good and the chemistry as a whole on this team and this defense specifically. It just feels really, really good, and and I'm I'm, I'm just excited, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's very yeah. different to years past because it feels like these guys like each other, and it's not just like yeah. a job they have to go in and do. They want to play for each other, and they want to play. Hard. And and yeah, and like nobody's jealous. Like all no. the clips that we see, no matter who's making the play, you see the whole defense and everybody running up, you know, piling on the guy, just being happy. Like it's just awesome. The energy is awesome. Mm-hmm. It'll be something like ridiculous, like a Benjamin St. Juice pass breakup on Terry McLaurin. All of the defensive backs just run on yes. the field screaming. It's <laughs> yeah, great. Definitely. It's great. It's Lovely like, it's stuff that like takes you back to, well, for me specifically, it takes me back to like high school. Cause when you have a good yeah. defense, everybody's super passionate and it, it increases your team chemistry because everybody's having a fun time. It's yeah. great. But back to the secondary, because the secondary is very, very interesting to me. You mentioned St. Juice. Or St. Juice, however you pronounce his name. He's been getting a lot of shine from the local media guys. Just saying yeah. he's making plays everywhere all across the field. Uh, whether it be like he's making a great play, uh, break on a ball, getting his hands on it, just dropping the pick. Or having some crazy pass breakups against Terry McLaurin. Terry, was, yeah, I was about to say that. Freaking Terry McLaurin. Come on now. Yeah, I mean, he's against one of the better receivers in the NFL, let alone on the team. And uh, doing his work as best he can. So I think... Deserves a lot of credit just for that alone. McCain, though, is very, very interesting to me because it sounds like he's just your starting free safety day one. And that kind of raises some question marks as to some other guys on the team, especially when we get into our roster predictions later. Uh, Definitely gave me a little bit of pause. But he seems like every time I read Bobby McCain's name, it was followed up with like made a great play or had an interception. So sounds like finally... With this front seven, we've implemented some ball hawks in the back who can at yeah. least make some plays after Chase Young and Montez Sweat have them running all over the place. 
speaking of Montez Sweat, I think we should just talk about this real quick. Uh, <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, but uh, yeah. So the team invited a respected Harvard doctor to talk or medical professional to talk about vaccines and the benefits and like why everybody should get one. Uh, Montez Sweat <laughs> responded by saying, "Yeah, I've never had COVID, so I see no need to treat it." I uh. I almost don't know where to start with this because it, it doesn't <laughs> it seems so backwards, right? Like Yeah, no. hundred <laughs> percent agree. You know, for me, I think first of all, I think with this whole COVID thing and all these conspiracies and all this, you know, controversy going on, I think people kind of misunderstanding what vaccines really are and what they do. And listen, I'll tell you, you know, firsthand, I, I'm fully vaccinated, so you know, me I'm too. not trying to be biased, but I'll be the first one to admit, if you are cautious and you don't necessarily want to get the vaccine, I am 100% okay with that because we don't know the necessarily know the long-term effects. Mm -hmm. It is not approved by the FDA, you know, all that good stuff. So I completely understand the hesitation, but my issue comes with statements like that. You do not give vaccines to treat something that you already yeah. had. And nobody has even said that, you know, COVID, that getting the vaccine completely stops COVID. No, the main thing about the vaccine is that it's supposed to, you know, prevent it from being fatal and kind of, you know, um, make your experience with it a little bit better, you know, and that, you know, the symptoms shouldn't be mm -hmm. as bad. So for me, it's like, people got to stop reading all this stuff on Twitter, on the internet. You know, you got news from the left, news from the right. You mm -hmm. know, you got to find legitimate sources and, you know, trust science, trust the facts. You know, like I said, I'm not trying to be biased because I 100% respect Montez and any other person on the team who, you know, is cautious because of some other things going into it. But to make a statement like that, and then, you know, to get facts and still be like, oh, I need more facts. Like, that's just, it's pretty dumb. And for me, though, it's its hard for me to even say, like, I respect the decision. Yeah. Because it affects everybody. Like, yeah. if you're not getting vaccinated, you're slowing up the end to this pandemic, which everybody hates and everybody wants to be over. Yeah. It's almost a social responsibility at this point. If you don't want to do it, I guess. But have at least have a better reason than, oh, yeah, I haven't had it, so there's no reason to treat it. That doesn't yeah. make any sense when it comes to a vaccine. <laughs> yeah, no, for me, it's like, like you said, it definitely does affect everybody. But, and I think for any other vaccine, it's like, no, I'm not, I don't respect your choice of not getting it. It's mm -hmm. just for COVID, like I said, because it isn't FDA approved and, you know, it, it kind of mm -hmm. was made a little bit faster than some others. But, you know, that's not an issue for me because for me, it's like, the way I see it, whatever's meant to be, is going to be, you know, whether it's the vaccine or anything. Like, if it's something that's meant to happen, it's going to happen. So, if you're meant to get COVID, you're going to get it whether you have the vaccine or not. But that's another, you know, conversation. But <laughs> yeah. like I was saying, when it comes to COVID, like I said, because it is an FDA approved and all that good stuff, that is why I'm a little bit more lenient on the side of, okay, you know, mm -hmm. if you don't want to get it, I understand. If you want to take some time and, you know, learn a bit more, I understand. But as far as any other vaccine, no, I'm, yeah. you know, if you're anti-vax, you're crazy as hell. Yeah, but, like nobody's ever said, oh, I had the measles. Let me go get yeah. vaccinated now. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm so thankful that, you know, I got all the other vaccines and that's what people don't understand. Like my Montez is a guy who probably has all those other vaccines and doesn't even realize how, you know, how much they've played into, you know, making him, you know, healthier than he probably mm -hmm. will be without it. You know, I never had the experience of chicken pox, measles, none of that good Polio. stuff. Polio. So, yeah. Like, <laughs> go that far, yeah. And, 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 you know, like I said, like I said, it's a, it's a lot of controversy and stuff, but, you know, Montez, having the platform that he has, you just got to be a little bit more smarter and, you know, just, you know, pick your words a bit better because, like you said, the way that it came out, Mm -hmm. It was not it at all. And, you yeah. know, we love Montez as a player, but, you know, and I, like, I, you know, I personally respect the decision. It's just educate yourself a bit more. Yeah. So if you are going to, you know, make the decision not to vaccinate yourself, 
have a better reason for doing it. And then you don't treat COVID. You know, you <laughs> stop treating it. I would so. have had a much less of an issue with this if he had yeah. just said, I would like to keep this information private. I don't believe yeah. that it should be something shared publicly. But instead, he decided to make this super irresponsible notion that like, oh, yeah, I haven't had COVID. So there's no reason for me to get vaccinated. Like, I haven't had COVID either. I don't even, you know, I, <laughs> you know, I just started working. But before that, I wasn't even really going outside. But mm -hmm. I still made the choice to get vaccinated because, like you said, it affects other people. Right. And for me, I care about others just as much as I care for myself. And I'm not saying that Montez should because he's his own person. But, you know, just in general, I think that a lot of people are kind of selfish in some ways. And people got to be a bit more considerate of that. Like I said, it's your life. It's your choice. I'm pro-choice. So I mm -hmm. respect any what anybody wants to do. It's just... Be smart in the choices that you make and the things that you say. And Think that's all, you know, yeah, that's all I got to say. That's all that. we can ask you. <laughs> With all that, let's move all the way back to camp. Because we got to help off of football. Here. Yeah, look, Montez, we love you, but, you yeah. know, that was just way, way crazy. But I hope I pissed you off now. Go get 15 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so uh, back to football, though, because there's a lot of other things that were kind of, I, I noticed, that stood out to me. Yeah especially when it comes to the offensive line. Because it seemed like last year, when healthy, Sadiq Charles was their starting left guard. Yeah. Now it seems like he's third on the depth chart and maybe the backup left tackle, potentially. It, there's still a whole training camp ahead. There's still a whole preseason ahead to kind of determine that. But it seemed like most of the reps he was getting were at left tackle when Charles Leno wasn't present. And then Wes Schweitzer and Eric Flowers were kind of battling for that uh, left guard spot. Both of those are interesting, especially and uh, also right tackle. Uh, it's Cornelius Lucas against Sam Cosme for the starting job. Yeah, it's very interesting that there's this much competition on the O line, uh, especially last year. It wasn't that bad of a unit. Uh, Might have started a little rough, but kind of improved. I, I feel like there's a little more upside this year when it comes to the uh, offensive line, but it feels like there's a lot less hammered down, and I, a lot of that is just when you cut Morgan Moses, you lose a whole linchpin of the offense. So yeah. it looks a little less familiar. But overall, uh, what what do you think? I, I don't know how good the O-line is going to be, but if I had to guess, I think at their peak, they're probably like top 10, top 15-ish, which is all they need for this to be a good season. Yeah, like you said, I think that there is a bit more upside, but the floor for them also is a lot, you know, lower. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like you said, even with Sadiq Charles, like I think that some of that comes from him, you know, even now, like seeing some of the things said about him in minicamp, he's still, you know, battling with, it seems to be some injuries and, you know, he's starting out camp with being on the sideline and all that good stuff. So I don't know if that's played a role or what, but it definitely was a little bit surprising to see them kind of go from him. Like you said, being the presumed started left guard and, you know, play, like being in a position to be that starting to now kind of, they see him more as a left tackle. Then, like I said, still battling with the injury. So mm -hmm. I'm interested to see how that progresses and, you know, kind of with these other guys, I think that Leno, all you know, I, I'm excited to see what Sam Cosby does. Yep. But all these other guys, I think that it's kind of just boomer bust. And you know, Leno, he doesn't really move, he doesn't really do anything for me. I think he'll be okay. And even now in practice, he's getting, you know, I've been seeing some things where he's been getting the best of him, and that's expected with guys like Chase Young on the mm -hmm. other end and all that good stuff. But yeah, like you said, with the old line as a whole, it's just like I said, I think they can be a bit better than they were last year and they definitely have a more of an upside but the floor is definitely a lot lower and I think that we'll kind of see that and it'll be a bit rougher mm -hmm. but I'm interested to see how it kind of goes along especially with playing with some of those guys maybe the guys on the other side of the ball 
make them better. But like you said, Hopefully. they really only need to be top 10, top 15-ish. I would hope mm-hmm. more at the top 10 because you want, especially with the quarterback situation, you want a better O-line. But I think just as a whole, that I think in general, that's going to kind of hold up the team, like mm-hmm. the O-line and the offense as a whole. I think that we have the weapons, but I think that the quarterback and I think that the O-line can might be a little bit inconsistent at times. But mm-hmm. it's definitely kind of way too early to say that. So we'll right. see as time goes on. And another thing the O-line does, even if the quarterback is bad, is opens yeah. up running lanes for Antonio Gibson, yeah. who is apparently looking really, really good in camp, which I'm excited about. Although, I don't know if you saw this, he said his toe is still giving him trouble, which yeah. is very concerning. He should have just got the surgery. <laughs> yeah, should have got the surgery. I mean, it's been six months and it's still giving him pause, but he also said he's running full speed and making cuts fine, so maybe it doesn't matter, but it's also just yeah. kind of weird to hear. Yeah, I, f- I thought that that was in, uh, interesting, too. Like, he was saying that he looked amazing, but then you hear, like, the things about the toe. And even in the clip that I seen, like, I think it was J.P. Finley, and he posted and was like, oh, my God, like, he looks amazing. And I'm looking at him, and I'm like, I don't see, you know, what you're saying, like, as far as – like, to me, it looked like he still was dealing with, like, the injury. Mm-hmm. But I'm not the necessarily professional, so I'm going to take his word for it. <laughs> right. But, yeah. And I guess – yeah, well, that's something we'll cool. probably see a little more – up close in like yeah. preseason hopefully yeah hopefully he just kind of he has a little more time now uh i don't think there's more practice until the end of july for training camp so got a little more time to rest up get a little more time to treat it hopefully he'll be all right by the start of the season which is what ultimately matters speaking of camp though you know what's freaking crazy mini camp was just a couple days and people mm-hmm. were going so crazy about Football's the storyline just for him to have to be at mandatory camp for a couple days you did all that about voluntary camp yeah and realistically they were like two weeks at most so he missed two, two he would have missed like a week and then camp. came back for three days like, and not just that uh, he came back for three days and apparently like dominated practice so like, come on now like you know, I just had to say something because not not only was people going crazy about voluntary, you know, camp, mm-hmm. stupid. The fact that they made all this big hush and he showed up to the mandatory camp and it only been a couple days mm-hmm. and he still dominated. Like, still dude, you're doing thing. the most over a freaking couple days when we have a full season that is going to matter more than these couple months ahead like mm-hmm. i rather like if i could put chase in a bubble and not have impressions at all <laughs> i would like you know what i mean because just show up on game days and dominate please that's all we exactly. need exactly yeah, I, mean, I would even do the same to montez and some of these other guys like yeah some, some of this family terry mclaurin stay in a bubble just play just play as hard as you can yeah. on game. Uh, hell curtis samuel because he's battling with some injuries now and it mm-hmm. ain't you know i'd rather him deal with it groin. now but yeah it's a little bit quite it's a little bit uh, concerning a little bit yeah you definitely yeah. don't like to see injuries well before the season and hopefully yeah i mean we saw that even chase young like he said he had a hip pointer yeah. injury last year and apparently was bothering him a little bit this year yeah uh, that's what i'm saying put that put him in a bubble, put him in a bubble. I, like all these people <laughs> Just... tripping about practice i want that man in a bubble until it matters you know what i mean overall yeah like just if as long as everybody gets out of here healthy that sounds like a win to me yeah. it also sounds like practice is just going well like uh all yeah. the guys are practicing how they need to be, and the team looks good. Looks like they're improving on like team speed, and their practice regimen yeah. is much better, much improved than years past. And even because it's been going so well, like the other day they had Dustin Hopkins kick a field goal and practice in it early, and then we've mm-hmm. seen at voluntary camp Ron uh, ended it early because so many people had shown up and things were going well. So it's definitely nice to see and hope that it up. continues during the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's go back to the wide receivers because you did briefly mention them. Uh, 
Deami Brown was a guy that everybody's hyped for. Uh, third round pick out of UNC. Everybody loves him. Deep threat. He seems like that is all translating. Also, it appears like he has better hands than we initially thought too. Uh, definitely an issue with concentration drops were the big thing at UNC. Sounds like they're still happening a little bit, but it seems like they're trying to at least coach it out of him. And uh, he's looked better than... And I think J.P. Finley also said he looks bigger, taller, stronger than he initially thought as well. I think yeah, he's listed yeah. at like the same height and weight as, or a similar height and weight as Terry McLaurin. So if he's a little bit bigger, that's just a benefit, which is good. Another guy uh, who I hope is on the roster bubble apparently was making some plays that uh, <laughs> I have vocally not been a huge fan of, but Antonio <laughs> Gandy-Golden has apparently been showing out a little bit. Uh, everybody probably saw that crazy catch he made, one-handed, like reaching out, grabbing it over Troy Apke, who is now a corner for some reason. Uh, <laughs> speed. It's the speed. It's just that's the speed. It, the white yeah. lightning. That's all it is. But yeah, he, um, he made a crazy good play, so I think everybody's a little higher on him and kind of remembered that uh, why they were excited about his like size and quickness last year. I still don't think he's very good, but we'll see. Uh, anybody else who sticks up? Oh, the tight ends. Um, apparently, John Bates is just your tight end, too, and he looks the part of a tight end, too. Big, can block, also doesn't drop much. He's better hands than... I remember draft night, we were all tripping because he had Jeremy Sprinkle pro comparison. He can catch better than Sprinkle, it appears. So hopefully that keeps yeah. up. Uh, Logan Thomas looks improved from last year as well, which is something a lot of people were saying. I, somebody said he had hands of steel. I think it was Mitch Tischler. I don't know. That doesn't make any sense to me. That sounds like a bad thing, uh, but I think he meant that as a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> like concrete hands are like the worst possible thing you can say about a pass catcher, but whatever. Hands of steel must be a good thing in his eyes. Uh, da, da, da. anybody else? I'm trying to think. The linebackers, it seemed like Khalid Hudson was kind of making a little more plays. Maybe he's your starting will linebacker day one. That is so, you know, interesting to see because not to say that, like, I thought he was bad or anything, but it looked like, you know, coming from his rookie season, you were, it was a little bit worrisome to not see him kind of take that leap and, you know, not see him do some of the things that you wanted him to do. I wasn't, I didn't necessarily say, oh my God, he's a bust. Like it's his rookie year. So obviously, you know, have to get some time. Didn't but play for the first like 14 yeah, games. It's definitely nice to see that he's finally, he may finally be taking that leap and be, becoming the player that we want him to be. And hopefully, you know, he is that starting linebacker because I know a lot of people don't want to see Bostic and some of these <laughs> other guys on the team. So if it's Jammin and, you know, Cole and Kaliki, that, that's definitely dope. Especially all those guys are young. So if we can, you know, get them to build that chemistry and, you know, as the season goes on and maybe even as years goes on, it'd be beautiful Perfect. to see. Yeah. I think, and with Kalik specifically, I think it was always kind of an issue for him because he didn't really have a position in college. Yeah. It was kind of like that Viper ro Rover kind yeah. of thing in Michigan, which kind of hinders young players' development because uh, you're not really giving, you're just making stuff up for them and kind of having yeah. them roam around the field making plays. It makes sense when you're just trying to win games, but long term, I don't know. Yeah, and make the league. But long term, it's probably better to just specialize in a position that already exists. Uh, so hopefully he finds a spot at Will Linebacker and everything is good. But I think with that, are you ready to move on to your way too early 53-man roster prediction? Yeah, I will say beforehand, though, um, the wide receivers and I think the wide receivers in the secondary, those kind of kind of stumped me a bit. You want to save those for last so, then? Yeah. We'll go through the easy no, stuff. I'm, no, we can go. I, we can kind of just talk about it as it goes on. But okay. it's so many guys and that's the competition is it's, it's going to be tough. And it's... Also, weirdly, this might be the easiest time I've had predicting 
a 53-man lineup, even though we're talking about like competition yeah. makes it harder. Just because the roster is much, much better than years yeah. past. Like you don't have to worry about like the fifth receiver being some random uh undrafted free agent breakout player. You don't have to worry about like all of the linebackers coming as undrafted free agents yeah. or safeties, anything like that. You get to actually look at NFL players and just kind of see, oh yeah, we have 53 of them. That's awesome. <laughs> so let's start with the easy one because uh, quarterback seems pretty much hashed out at this point. Um, I think they're going to keep three. It's going to be Fitz. It's going to be Heineke. It's going to be Kyle Allen. Sorry, Steve Montez. They'll uh, be, be on the practice squad yeah. or on some other team probably. And talk oh, yeah. about somebody that's ass. You know, I just <laughs> had to throw that out there. You want to like tweets about people being ass. And you out Steve there, Montez. and now he's not even a quarterback for real. No. He's out there playing tight end. Oh, we and forgot stuff. to talk about that. That was pretty cool. No, <laughs> Steven Montez is apparently a tight end or something now. He's like Taysom yeah, Hill 2.0. Yeah, he's, uh, oh, yeah, I didn't, I know, I've never played anything quarterback my whole life for real. So it's definitely something to get used to. <laughs> like, this is a little bit of me, you know, being biased because I like the former guy that he's kind of crapping mean. on. But I see where you're it, it's, you know, it's just funny for me to see, you know, what's going on. You like to single him. tweet yeah, about Haskins like, being bad. You have Harvard hey, disgrunch you know, for a year Yeah, now. you know, like I'm saying, like, he's probably the one person in the world who can't like a tweet about somebody being bad when, <laughs> yeah. you know, he couldn't even get on the field. They had to call up Taylor Heineke they, before yeah, They brought Taylor Heineke up off of the street. Because they didn't even they, trust him. Before they like, brought in Steven Montez. Come on, man. But yeah, Montez is probably out of here. See you later. Uh, have fun. Uh, on to the running backs, because this one is where it gets a little more interesting. Yeah. I couldn't decide. Uh, last year, they kept four before they cut Bryce Love. Um, and then they just immediately moved him to IR, I think. But uh, this year, I had them carrying three. There's still a potential that they carry a fourth, maybe cut out another receiver. I have six of those. Uh, I have Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, and Jared Patterson. Uh, Peyton Barber is probably more likely to make the roster than Jarrett Patterson. But I'm all about giving the younger guy an opportunity. Yeah, he's a little smaller, but seems like he runs hard. Seems like he had better hands than anticipated in minicamp yeah. as well. I think he could be a pretty good running back in the system. I think that I had them keeping all four. I, three is probably a bit more realistic just because we have some, you know, kind of deep spots, especially with that secondary. So I think it kind of depends on what they do with the secondary and even wide receivers. But I think that the main three, Gibson, McKissick, and Barber, they're all going to make it. And it's Barber's going to make it because Ron loves him. Like, he even said, like, he came Success in, with you know, slimmer. He's, he, Peyton Barber came in slimmer, and he didn't lose, like, uh, his uh, burst and, you know, his power. So, I know that the fan base doesn't what like burst, him. burst, man? Come on. He's, he's, he's going to be he's gonna be on the roster. I, I, I definitely want Jared Patterson to make it, though. I like his story and all that stuff. And like you said, he's a young guy. He absolutely mm-hmm. killed it in college, you know. So hopefully he finds a spot here, even yeah. if it's on the practice squad. So we'll see. But I think it'll be three or four, like you said. What did he have? He had like one college game where he had 400 yards and eight touchdowns or something. Yeah, it's yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Bro, crazy, crazy. He's a little bit on the smaller side, but it's like he five, just can seven. ball. Like, mm-hmm. he can ball. Yeah, good player. And Chase Young has vouched for him, and that's enough for me. Uh, I think they were high school teammates. So, yeah. Yeah, they were. And, Pilates. and I think regardless, he'll be like on the practice squad or something, unless yeah. somebody else snatches him up. But, yeah. Good, good little player. Um, on to the receivers, though. This one is tough because yeah, it, is. it feels like there's like four or five locks and then one or two spots that are kind of up for grabs. I have them keeping six. What about you? Yeah, I have six, too, but I couldn't figure out that it's six hard. guy. 
It's hard. Yeah. So we've hearing about ACG <laughs> playing well, and then we're hearing like I even saw some good things about Harmon. So I thought that it would be Harmon. Mm-hmm. Then you know to hear Logan Thomas come out and say that Diami and uh, AGG impressed him the most, and even seeing some other people say that AGG has been playing well. So yeah, it, it, it was hard it's picking tough. that sixth spot. I went with the, the the four we all expect to make the roster: McLaurin, Samuel, Brown, and Humphreys. Yeah, For I think you f- could throw. Oh, go ahead. But uh, the fifth one I went with Cam Sims because yeah, I think I was he's gonna pretty say, I much think a lot. Throw him in there too. Yeah. and I, you know, I think that Sims played well last year, but I don't necessarily. I think that he has a lot too, and I don't necessarily like that. I'm not <laughs> saying that he shouldn't. I think he should have more. He should have a better chance than some of the other guys. But I think that even with some of the plays that he made last year, I think that there's just as many plays, or you know, a little bit. There's about the same amount of plays that he missed as the same amount of plays that he made. I think that some of his bigger plays are a little bit overrated mm. in a sense. Not to say they aren't good plays, but I think that sometimes this fan base kind of takes those plays and like, oh my God, like he yeah. did so much. But then when you look at the numbers and granted numbers aren't the best measure. When you look at the numbers, it doesn't, you know, you don't get the same vibe that you feel when you're kind of thinking about the plays mm-hmm. that you know that he made. Like when I look at his numbers. Like the I'm Steelers like, hey, play with the one-handed catch is yeah. like the biggest Cam Sims play that stands out in my mind. But that was, yeah. like, the only big play I could think of. Exactly. So. And, like, when you look at the numbers, it's, like, 300, 400 yards and, like, four touchdowns. And I'm like, dude, the way that you mm-hmm. he was talked about, I'm thinking that he had about 600, you know, not just that, seven touchdowns. He was, like, getting out snapped by Dontrell Inman for the first, like, <laughs> 10 games of the season because he couldn't beat him. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. Plus, he's, he's always injured. So, there's yeah, always there's always something with Cam Plus, we yeah, always think about him as like this young, up and coming, yeah. like guy. He's, he's in this like sixth <laughs> year. Like this is well, no, he's in year. like his fourth year, but he's fourth or fifth oldest, year at this yeah, point. Yeah, he's but on it's the older been, side because yeah, he, was he at, was at he was at Bama for like four years yeah. as well. So I think he's already like in his athletic prime, and uh, he, he's been here for a long time. And he just started producing last year, so he always seems to be a guy who's either on the roster or like just off the roster. So, yeah. but I think like just with the way he played down the stretch last year, I think they like what they saw. Plus, he's like the only big target outside of AGG, and uh, so if you don't like AGG, then I think you say Cam Sims your guy. You can say oh, Harmon's not as tall; like he's like six one, six two, I think. Uh, I, I tall as six three. Cam Sims and uh, AGG are like six four, six five. So it's a little bit of a little bit yeah, of a size. Yeah, but Harmon kind of plays big. That's he does play do. big, but I, I'm also concerned about like how good he can like because a lot of it was his vertical, and if yeah. his uh, what was it? An ACL tear and Achilles yeah. rupture. Whatever it was, he had a crazy injury that probably will affect his athletic. But that's profile. the thing. Like they've been saying at camp that you can't even really tell. And I thought that that would be an issue because the video that he was posting online, I'm like, dude, like <laughs> he he's saying that he's fully slow. healthy. I'm like, this is you fully healthy. Mm. So you know, like I said, to see you know them come out and say like Harmon looks really good, and mm-hmm. you know that was a bit surprising for me. So like you said, I definitely think that it's gonna that fifth sixth spot. It's going to be complicated. And I can even see them keeping seven. I think that that's uh, a bit yeah. much. I, have, I haven't even said the name of the guy yeah. who I'm keeping with my sixth. Uh, yeah, Dax I mean, Milne. I, Dax Milne is my guy. Yeah. I mean, I think I had him, but I think that it comes down to... Damn, like, that, that's where it's complicated. And I think that I think they're going to keep Humphreys because mm-hmm. of Fitz. And I, th- I I won't be surprised if Humphreys gets the boot sometime. Or if it's not the boot, I won't be surprised if... Well, let me say this. His minutes are going to go down as the season progresses. His snaps will probably decrease. Yeah. yeah. But um, as far as the roster spot, this is probably unlikely. But at the same time, I won't be surprised if he does get the boot sometime in the season. Kind of like how they did um, Inman. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, though. We'll because see. That may be yeah. interesting. 
I mean, yeah, he's probably in that kind of same role. He's just kind of a veteran who's stepping in just to kind of catch balls and fall down. He's not going to make a huge plays after the run. Just has to get to his spots. Probably will catch some first downs. He yeah, might be high up in catches, as a matter of fact, yeah. just because Fitz knows him. Yeah, I was going to say, for me, I like the signing, but, you know, just seeing some of the things at camp and stuff and just some of, what some of the other guys can bring, mm-hmm. I feel like you're kind of doing a disservice to keep him in a sense. Like, not saying you got to cut him because he's a vet, you know, he knows some things, but if it's between him and one of the younger guys and you feel like they'll kind of bring the same amount to the table, I think you kind of got to lean the young guy just because, you know, their peak and their upside may be a little bit greater. But I'm going to leave that to the professionals because, like I said, <laughs> this wide receiver, you know, prediction is tough. Like, I definitely, you know, easy. I like Steven Sims, but I think he's gone. I think that it's going to be hard to decide between Harmon, AGG, and Milan, like you said. And like I said, Cam, he would be on the bubble with those guys. I know that he's probably not, but for me, he would be. So to get those, the last, get to get down to those last two spots and maybe three if they keep seven, mm-hmm. it's going to be tough. And I think that there's going to be some people in the fan base that are very upset with the guy that they decide to keep. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm interested to see Gosh, what happens because man. remember I two years ago when we had one wide receiver and we didn't know we had one wide receiver <laughs> because Terry McLaurin hadn't broken yeah. out yet. It's crazy to think we've come this far with that position, man. It's but yeah. Uh, back to Milne though, because I I do like Milne a little bit because I went yeah. back and watched a little bit more of uh, some BYU tape. He's not like this crazy athletic receiver. He'll run routes really, really, really well, uh, especially for somebody like at a smaller school and, you know, of this complexion. But, uh, Trey Quinn <laughs> I think he's, he's a little bigger than Trey Quinn. Uh, I think he has better hands. I know, I know. He has, yeah. big, he has better hands, though. I, I think he'll just be kind of a safety net kind of option. That's why I think they'll like him. Plus, they just drafted him. Uh, could be a practice squad candidate because he was taken in the seventh round, like two picks from the last. But yeah, overall, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't be mad with any decision they make. I agree with you there. Like, there's just... There's an yeah. abundance of talent at this position for the first time in what feels like forever. Yeah, the six I had actually were McLaurin, Samuel, Humphreys, Brown, Sims, and Milan. But like you said, like I think that Dax kind of gets the edge because he's the draft pick that they have. But then again, it's like if AGG's playing well, how do you cut him and he was mm-hmm. a higher pick? Then you have a guy like Harmon, too, where Harmon was a six-round pick, but it's like, eh, Previous you know, regime guy, yeah, too, so. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough because – you know, like I said, I it's I think it's going to be very tough for them to cut ADG, mm-hmm. being that he was a fourth round pick and their guy. So maybe they keep seven. You know, maybe Dice gets the boot because he's a seventh round pick. I don't know. It's definitely going to be a tough one. And like you said, I'm 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 excited to see what they do with that. I'm not really mm-hmm. going to be mad if, as long as my three guys, Samuel Brown and Kurt, <laughs> Samuel Brown and Curtis, Samuel <laughs> McLaurin and Brown on the team. I don't really care what the other three spots. Yeah, because those are going to be the guys everybody's yeah. going to want to see. Uh, but yeah, overall though, uh, it's, I think also a big thing with this position group will be injury just because every time there's a preseason, somebody ends up getting hurt, unfortunately, but that's just kind of the reality of football. So, I mean, we could get to the point where right before the season, like (laughs) these are completely wrong because just injuries, which is unfortunate, but yeah. Yeah. I think too, even if we cut some of these guys, I think that we'll be seeing some of them back because as I'm, I hate to say this, but we would be dealing with some Curtis and probably Terry injuries too, where they miss a game or two. I don't mm-hmm. think it'll be anything major, but you know, all, both years, 
Curtis. Both years, Terry. Terry dealt with some injuries as far as the concussion or just mm-hmm. like the ankle. So I think that they may be another issue too. And I think with Curtis, we'll kind of see the same thing where he, when he plays, he's a spectacular, but he'll miss a couple games too. So the guys that we cut, I think that if they aren't picked up by other teams, we'll definitely be sending them back in some capacity, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, just one game, two games, three games or whatever. They'll be, they'll, more than likely they'll be back because they, they know the system and they kind of like these guys. So mm-hmm. I'm also very interested to think, though, because like uh, preseason was always first three games. Everybody kind of yeah. was like slowly get your starters adapted to game times decision. Play a little more up until like halftime in the third game. Then the fourth game, you don't play them at all. You don't play your yeah. starters at all. This year, there's only three preseason games. So I'm yeah. curious as to how teams will handle that. I think there might even be some teams that are like, that do different things. Some teams might yeah. play their starters the third preseason game. But if that's the case, if everybody plays their starters for the preseason games and the full 17-game schedule, that's another game starters have to play in general, which is a huge toll on their bodies. So yeah. injury is going to be a pretty big thing this year if I had to guess. Yeah, me personally, I'm only – like if I'm Ron, I'm only playing my starters that first game. Mm-hmm. And the only position that I would play them in other games is quarterback – and that's probably it. Like quarterback, because I think that it's, I think that throughout training camp, all this stuff, I think that it's still going to be, it can go either way. I think that it's going to come down to Fitzpatrick. And that's probably why they won't play them because they obviously like him. They obviously want him to be that QB one. Mm-hmm. So, but for me, I would like, that would probably be the position that I played all of them in all the games, but everybody else, the starters would only play that first game and probably only the first half. And then after that, I'll give it to the guys who, are still kind of competing and on the cups of making the roster and getting cut. So mm-hmm. just to see what they have. But like I said, it would just be quarterback for me and then the backups and the guys that are still fighting for the spots. I think that would be a good way to do it. With that, let's move on to the tight ends because these feel kind of ironed out. Um, yeah. We could be wrong. Though. Oh, I could be wrong here because I have them keeping three. Logan Thomas, John Bates, and Samus Reyes. Yeah. Samus Reyes, people are still iffy on. Uh, he still has the crazy athletic profile, but... Looks like he is, still has a lot to learn. Uh, yeah. So, and I don't think you can get him on the practice squad, like I was saying when we signed yeah, him. I was... So, I think that's the only reason that he sneaks onto the roster as on the fifty-three, just because. Yeah. Uh, like, who was the other, the Yelder guy, uh, the Kansas Ricky City guys, Seals-Jones. Ricky Seals Jones too. Like, yeah. I think those guys are replaceable at any point in the season. A guy like Samus Reyes with that kind of ceiling, you want to keep around. Yeah. So, even if he's not good right away, or even if he's like terrible right away i would be okay if they left him on the roster just as a long-term yeah. project yeah for me i had them keeping three two i think that like full potential wise i think that two is the best move but like you said i don't think that you can put samus on the practice squad and he stays there because he already said like he had multiple offers even from the chiefs mm-hmm. so somebody's going to snatch him up. I think that he likes being here, but sometimes that isn't enough when you're trying to get the, you know, you're on the practice and, squad. I'm sure you'll go on a roster yeah. elsewhere. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I said, I think that there's really only going to be two guys that perform, but we'll definitely see, because like you said, like it's a choice between keeping him and, you know, knowing that you're not going to essentially wasting a roster spot on him because he has all the, he has, he's very talented and it's an investment roster spot. But at the same time, it's like, since he has so much to learn, realistically he's probably not going to do so much so it's like do you want to keep him and you know in a sense waste that roster spot mm-hmm. or do you want to add a guy like Ricky or Dion and know that they're not going to perform that much but they can do a bit more than he can right now so I don't know like I said I think it's really just going to be the two guys Bates and Thomas who really perform but mm-hmm. that third spot 
whether they keep the third or not, but it'll definitely be interesting. I definitely kind of agree that they'll probably just keep him and mm-hmm. go. But then again, see, I don't necessarily see if Ron is that. I don't know if Ron is that guy to because he always preaches like I need fifty three football players. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they really think that Samus is a far away go, a far mm-hmm. ways to go if they're going to keep him and essentially waste that spot. I mean, they gave him a three year deal, so I I think they knew going in that it was a project. Maybe he they were he was further behind than they expected. But I view Samus Reyes as a cryptocurrency. You gotta go all in on Samus Coin. He's he can be the future weapon of this team for a long time to come if it all works out. He's still learning. It's gonna take him a while to learn. Just do your best to coach him and keep him around. I'm throwing all my money on Samus Coin though. All right. I, I wish like with the teams and this would kind of probably be unfair, but I feel like I wish there you should have like one or two practice squad practice squad spots that you can protect like i think they you know, uh they were they were talking about that like yeah. i think they might have voted to to uh, to keep that this year because that, that was something they did with covid is yeah. uh yeah because they had expanded rosters and they wanted to keep people around that you could protect i think two players a week on the practice and then, squad. yeah they do need to keep that because you have guys like that where you kind of put time into and you want to keep them around and you know sometimes team with teams will take advantage of that and you know kind of abuse it and keep guys around that they had they aren't going to play anytime soon and you know kind of take away opportunities from these guys. But at the same time, it's like, dang, like, you know, the 53 spots aren't enough sometimes. And I feel like if you want to keep an extra quarterback or even a guy like Samuels, you should be able to do that and just protect them. And, you know, I feel Steven like Montez and yeah, Sanders <laughs> to protect There should players. be some kind of option where, like, if the player genuinely wants out, you know, they can kind of get it. But at the same time, teams should be able to have those protections. Because like you said, like, you know, Sometimes you just need that guy who knows the system that you don't got to worry about bringing a guy up the street and kind of messing up everything. But mm-hmm. Okay, so it, last year they could protect four players, but the other 12 were up for grabs for any other team week to week. So I think it, it, uh, last – I remember hearing a report, I think from Rappaport, or like a tweet that said it was trending in the same direction uh, from whenever like the owner's meeting is. So hopefully they keep that around because that would only benefit us. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope so. And then, and then, then I'll probably will put Samus on that spot and protect him every yeah. week. Then you can start like you can keep somebody who's actually like useful on the roster, yeah. like a uh, a Yelder or a uh, uh, Ricky Seals Jones, or even an extra wide receiver. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you get the seventh one. Uh, let's move on to some of the O linemen. Uh, I have four tackles, uh, same as they had last year. They look a little different than last year, though. Uh, at least two of them. So, half of them. Charles Leno, Cornelius Lucas, probably your starters. Sam Cosme, David Sharp as the other two. Yeah. Cosme probably starts by the end of the year over Lucas, if I had yeah. to guess as well. Uh, yeah, it's just not as not a ton of depth, but uh seems like they're solid players. David Sharp is the only thing I'm like, eh. <laughs> honestly, I won't be surprised if, it, like, if Cosme takes over, I won't be surprised if Lucas is on the other side starting a left tackle or there's some situation where both of them are starting to tackles. Maybe, you know, Cosme goes back to left tackle and Lucas is at right tackle. So, yeah, it, it can go. All these guys these can guys. kind of play both sides except yeah. for David Sharp. So, because he's oh. just ass on either side. <laughs> <laughs> not great. Not great. Uh, but yeah. Uh, interior alignment, I have them keeping six, same as last year. Um, Wes Schweitzer, Chase Rillier, Brandon Sheriff, Eric Flowers, Keith Ismail, and Sadiq Charles. Yeah, probably be there too. Same six? Okay. Yeah. I actually forgot Wes. Because I kept, I only oh, was thinking yeah. about Wes Martin, but yeah, mm-hmm. they, yeah, they're going to keep that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wes Martin would be gone, um. I think that's it. I don't know who else would be Bro, on the Arsenal. It amazes me that he's still on the roster and you got guys like 
you know, he's just Morgan a big Rose ass dude. Oh, Garon Charles out of there already. You know, I don't think Garon was that. I said Garon Charles. I didn't think Garon was that good, but West Martin should have been out of there before him or Mogus. Like more, Mogus. they they must see something in him yeah, because they no. started him last year. I don't know what it is, but yeah, no. they got to see. They must have seen something. Apke, same thing. They must have seen something. Apke is just the speed saving him because you genuinely don't want to get rid of a guy with speed like that. But I think that the time is approaching it. where he's not he's not on my he didn't make my secondary. And I think that if if he makes this team, they're on crack. And Let's go to the secondary. Because then. I, yeah. Let's go to the secondary. Yeah, I'm I'm down. Okay, so we'll go corners first. Because I have I've been keeping six. You want to go first? I have been keeping six too, but before you say something, I have McCain as a cornerback rather than a safety. I have him so as a that, safety, but okay. Yeah, that probably would kind of throw things off. That's true. But go ahead. You can go with your corners first. I want to hear your list. Oh, uh, mine is... Oh, sorry, I got to find it. Kendall Fuller, William Jackson, Jimmy Moreland, Benjamin. I had Daryl Roberts making it, and I had Bobby too, mm-hmm. but if it's not Bobby, then who's... Daryl Roberts? No, I already, I already had... I had. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Danny Johnson? Uh, Sorry. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. He was kind of a wild card for me because I don't think that he's good enough to make it as a cornerback, but I think that they like him on special teams. But even with that, I don't care for his special teams. Really. <laughs> so I, I don't think that he makes it, but they're kind of comfortable with him, so he could. Mm-hmm. I have William Jackson, Kendall Fuller, Benjamin St. Juice, uh, Jimmy Moreland, Daryl Roberts, and Troy Apke. I, I actually think Apke's making the roster as a corner. Specifically because of that last thing you said, I think they love him on special teams because he's good at that. Uh, yeah. Like he's actually a really, really good gunner. So I, I do think he'll be at least in contention to stay on the roster, White Lightning, to just kind of be a special teamer. And if it really yeah. comes down to it, maybe he'll they'll throw him out there in like dime packages or something. So, so how many safeties do you have them keep? Four. Damn, I had them keeping five, and. <laughs> You yeah. know, with the and and that's without Troy Apkins. Well, I thought that five was a bit much, but I think mm-hmm. that the guys that are there, I can't really see them cutting any. And I I think that well, there's one guy on here that I think I wouldn't care if he's cut, but I think that the team really likes him, so mm-hmm. that's why I kind of had him on. Chase Everett. No, that I think Everett makes it because he's a captain, special teams. Gotcha. The guy I was talking about was Jeremy Reeves. I don't think that he should make it, but I think that the team loves him, and that's mm-hmm. why I put him on here. So my five was Landon, Reeves, Curl, Everett, and Derek Forrest. Oh, I forgot about Derek Forrest. That's what it was. I knew I forgot something. But yeah, I had yeah, Landon, and- Cam, uh, McCain, and Reeves, but take Reeves off and put Forrest. So I think Everett and Reeves are both gone. You know, I wouldn't be mad at that because I like for me, Everett doesn't really do anything for me, but I think that he's a guy that's well liked in the locker room. They like him on special teams, and he's special a captain. Teams like captain he's, yeah, yeah, he's going to get the gold captain this mm-hmm. year if he's still on the team. So I think that that's probably why he's around. But Reeves, I would probably put him on the practice squad and call it a day and take that down to four. But, See, but yeah. to me, the only reason I, I think Everett specifically is gone is because this team this year has had no hesitation getting rid of the yeah. guard. Morgan Moses, locker room leader. Ryan Kerrigan, not a lot vocal locker room leader, but a leader in his own right because he's been here forever and he does his job, all that stuff. If they're willing to let those guys go, I see no reason why a special teams player with a little bit of upside but not much who's been here for a long-ass time matters that much. So I think um, I, I, I do think instead of uh, – I, I think my four are Landon, Cam, McCain, and uh, Derek Forrest, though. I- I like what you're saying, and I 
in a sense, I see it, but at the same time, I think they're a little bit hypocritical at times because we've seen that last year. Like Thomas fucking Davis was on the <laughs> roster for the whole entire year, yeah. and that man didn't do a damn thing. And they talk about him in the locker room. No, he didn't do anything. So that's why I, I kind of yeah, yeah, I kind of see it in a sense like that where he's like Everett is the guy who's not really going to bring much to the table. It's like we don't really care about special teams for being real because we've seen, you know, every the only times we as fans yeah. care about special teams is like punt returns for touchdowns. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like Everett yeah. is a good guy, but special teams in Washington over the years have been up and down. And I'm not blaming it on him. I'm just saying, like, whether he's on the team or not, it's gonna be up and down. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just kind of see Everett being that guy for Ron this year. So I if they do that, I respect it because I feel like that should be how it is anyway. But mm-hmm. I don't really know this. Like I said, this team can be very hypocritical at times. And like I said, we've seen it mostly with how they talk about the quarterback and all that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. but you know, I don't know. I, you know, I hope that they keep this, the six cornerbacks and this four safeties, but I think that they might keep an extra one just because they kind of like some guys more and they kind of bring more to the table in some other spots, mm-hmm. but you know, we'll see. We'll see. So, uh, let's get into another position, though, because we do have a couple of other ones. Uh, let's go DNs, because this one's kind of straightforward. Uh, I have them keeping five, because it's just, I think that's how many they have. So, Chase Young, Sweat, obviously. Uh, James Smith, William, Shaka Tony, and William Bradley King. So, just the draft picks and, yeah, just all the draft picks. Yeah, I had that too, but I think that a guy like, what's his name, Deverell Lawrence. Oh, I yeah. think that his Forgot energy is infectious. I don't know how he- He's doing in camp. Did you see Chase Young making fun of him? Yeah. Yeah. I think his energy is just infectious. Like every video I'm I'm seeing of him, like he's just laughing and giggling. And obviously, don't keep a guy for that, but I wouldn't be surprised if one of those seventh round rookies got cut for him. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I have not heard Shaka Tony's name one time. I've heard William Bradley King a couple plays, but I've not heard anything about Shaka Tony. Yeah. But I feel like it was kind of the same thing with James Smith Williams last year, too. So. The like only thing I heard about James Smith guys. Williams last year was that he showed up really, really early and left really, really late. So, <laughs> yeah, and that's a big deal to yeah. coaches sometimes. So, yeah, no, could be sure. the same thing. Uh, but yeah, um, that you know, let's move into the interior of the D line because this is another one that's pretty straightforward. Had them keeping four, and it's the four you'd expect: Jonathan yeah. Allen, Deron Payne, Tim Settle, Matthew Ignatius. Yep, same. Probably an elite group. So. Nothing more to say about them. They're, just no, get excited about is. that group. Yeah. <laughs> get excited about that group. Uh, linebackers are a little more interesting because yeah. there's not a lot of depth here, and uh, I, I don't. We don't really know the talent of the starters either <laughs> because we don't know who's starting. I had them keeping six: uh, Jamin Davis, Cole Holcomb, John Bostic, Kalik Hudson, David Mayo, and Jordan Kudashik. I, I don't know how to say his last name, but he played at Cal. I think they brought him on. He was an undrafted free agent two years ago uh, that Ron signed to Carolina, and now he's here. So yeah, that that sounds like. And he he made a like I I went back and watched some of his highlights. I didn't do a full in depth research on our sixth linebacker, but he was like he's decent in coverage, good in the run game. Seems like a little bit of an athlete, but not nothing too crazy. Probably will make some plays on special teams. Was he? K-U-N-A-S-C-Y-K. Yeah, I think he was here last year too, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe I'm thinking of. I think of Jared Norris was. The yeah, guy I was gonna say year. maybe yeah. I'm thinking of Jared Norris, but. But yeah, this guy is, is basically the same. Uh, might be a little more athletic. Probably, I think he'll be there just for special teams purposes. Same as David or David Mayo might play a little bit, but probably not as much as the top four guys. 
I yeah, linebacker for me was pretty tough because the depth is terrible. I Not had them keeping they kept six last year and they probably will keep six again. But me personally, I had them keeping five just because once you kind of get and I had them keeping five in favor of the safeties getting five. Mm-hmm. So and if you do that, you can have Landon play the extra line. Yeah, so yeah, that makes I th- sense. Yeah, I think that's where they might go because we already seen JDR and them kind of preach that they're gonna be throwing some different packages, and especially with potentially like three safeties on the field and all mm-hmm. that good stuff. So yeah, the thing they love to mention is the Buffalo nickel, which is yeah, just a big nickel had, set. Yeah, no, I had Davis, Bostic, Holcomb, Hudson, and Mayo. I wouldn't be surprised if they kept six, but to be honest. We do need linebackers, but I probably would go with that extra safety mm-hmm. instead of a guy like Jordan, whatever his last name is, with Jared Norris. Yeah, yeah. Just because I feel like, you know, granted, I don't really care for Everett or Reeves or even Daryl Roberts, but mm-hmm. I feel like they would bring a little bit more to the table than probably Jordan or Jared would. Mm-hmm. Just another thing I remember Greg Stroman, I think, is still around. So. Wild card option at corner, maybe, but probably no, not. No, he's not. He's going to be on a practice squad, and you probably get called. That's my Manassas his... boy. You know, what's <laughs> my sister's high school right up the street he's from go... where I'm recording right now? It's my guy, but he'll uh... probably get called up. But yeah, he's probably not making it. It's the same too. thing with Reeves. Like, all, yeah. like you know, I'm not being a hater, and but all these people talk about, oh, they've been here, da da da. These guys have been here when we've been shit. These guys have been here when we're getting better, and they're not getting consistent chances, and they're not you know, getting these spots, so I'm not going to keep capping, and it was the same thing for Cam Sims, and mm-hmm. you know, I finally let go of Cam Sims, and he kind of went <laughs> off a little bit, but even him going off, yeah, he, only had breakout. About, he only had about 400 wide yards, receiver so, four. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, all these guys, I'm not going to keep, you know, attaching myself to these mid guys and these undrafted guys who aren't doing nothing. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not going to lie. They're definitely, you know, Mm -hmm. nice guys to have in a locker room. But at the same time, we keep, you know, every year we attach ourselves to these guys and they don't do nothing. Like everybody talk about how good Reeves was playing. And I just don't see that. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying he was playing bad, but you know, people's like, Oh my God. Like they're, they post about his PFF numbers. I give a damn about that when you got to talk Act about like it. he has the free safety spot knocked yeah. down. It's a little, it's a little dull. <laughs> and they're playing behind that defensive line. That defensive line was making the secondary look good. Mm-hmm. Even a guy like Jimmy Moreland. Even Ronald Darby. Yeah. Yo, don't get me started on Ronald Darby, but I was going to say Moreland. Moreland had crazy numbers, but to me, I did not see that when I watched him play. I mm-hmm. felt like he was more of a product from the line than himself. And, you know, I'm not saying that he's a bad player. I'm just saying that some of his stats, you know, the way a little that little bit of juice, a little bit yeah, juiced. juice yeah. because of the line. And I think mm-hmm. that some people kind of ignore that. Not he's not a bad player at all, but people are like, oh, my God, he had top five slot numbers. He's mm-hmm. not a top five slot corner. I don't care what you say. Definitely. They were definitely the benefactors last year, the line play. But um. Back to your point about like attaching yourself to these mid players. I think it's was something we just kind of did, yeah, because we were so bad. Like whenever we saw any random player who we were getting a lot of value out of, like you know, undrafted free agent comes in and starts for us, we think, oh man, this is a great step toward winning. Yeah. But it's not because they just they're good here because they're average everywhere else, and we just suck. So now that the roster is actually in a good spot, hopefully we see a little bit less of that. Uh, yeah, no, don't get me wrong, though, because I was one of those people that attached myself to some of Oh, we guys. all did. Yeah. Yeah, I like Steven Sims. I even have his jersey, and don't I didn't pay You're for it. You're the Steve Sims? Okay. Yeah, but I have his jersey. Uh, but, yeah, I'm just saying, like, for me, it got to that point last year where I'm like, I'm not going to attach myself to these guys who Good aren't really yeah. going to do 
shit. You know what I mean? Like, growth. And, yes. Yeah, and I just want some other people to kind of do that. I'm, you know, I want the best for Reeves. I want the best for Camp Sims. I want the best for Danny Johnson but and Greg Strowman. But realistically, mm-hmm. they're going to have, you know, maybe one good game here. But if you put them on a 17-game season and you start them, they're not going to do that well. And I'm not being a hater. I'm just being real. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. we attach ourselves to these guys and we don't be honest about why they're playing the way they're playing or, you know, they have one good game. People act like it's, you know, so many or, you know, just just in general, another, you know, not to go off topic, but another player that this is happening to is Taylor Heineke. Mm-hmm. He's 28 years old. Please stop saying that this man could be the future at quarterback. It's not happening. Yeah. I mean, there's only uh, what's the, what's the guy's name who played who won a Super Bowl with the Cardinals and the uh, the Rams? Who came out of nowhere? Uh, Kurt something. Hall um, of Famer. My you God. said who? He's a Hall of Famer. Hold on, I'm completely blanking here. Uh, da da da. What the hell am I thinking of? QB. Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner. Uh, I'm thinking Kurt Warner, but yes. you, yeah. There's only one Kurt Warner. There were Taylor Heineke is not Kurt Warner. If Kurt, if Taylor Heineke ends up winning a Super Bowl for us. Come and clown me all you want, but he is not Kurt Warner. <laughs> Bro, even Nick Foles, like Nick Foles yeah. would not have won that Super Bowl if he had to play that entire season. And he's and, just, like Heineke is physically smaller than all of these yeah. guys. And that's he, what people don't understand. I think that Heineke can be good for a couple game stretch, but you're trying to say that this man can play 17 games a season mm-hmm. plus, a, you know, uh, playoffs every for multiple years. It's just not happening. This guy was an XFL touting him as a franchise quarterback when he had one good game. Even Fitzpatrick, like, like, oh my God, he's 38. We're seeing Brady. We're seeing, he's not fucking Brady. He's not Rogers. Realistically, he can have a a season where he peaks, but even still, that Mm -hmm. would be more for me. That would be more of the offensive weapons doing their job than him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like carrying his ass. Like, I'm just tired of it. We need a real quarterback, and none of these guys – I want. I don't want any of these guys on the team after next year. You know, I'll accept – Kyle Heineke Allen. Or Kyle Allen as QB2 as backup, <laughs> you know, in a call McCoy role. But, you know, I don't – no, please cut it out. But An old adage. To- <laughs> There's no more uh, – nobody more popular in town than the backup quarterback. You're seeing that in an extreme case here. But, yeah, back to the, back to the roster because uh, we only have three spots left in the special teams. Should yeah, be pretty easy as well. Cameron Cheeseman, <laughs> Dustin Hopkins, Tressway. If I had it my way, we would bring in some competition for Dustin Hopkins, but it doesn't look like that's happening. So yeah, I would bring I would bring in competition, but like I've said before, I think people kind of got to be realistic as far as kickers go. You're never gonna have a hundred percent kick. Yeah, and not to say that Dustin Hopkins is amazing, but he's one of the better kicker options that we can have. Like I said, you definitely should bring in competition because no body in those spots to be safe but at the same time like fans want a Justin Tucker and you know all these guys but even Justin Tucker started to struggle recently Mm -hmm. he's been better he's obviously still at the top of his game but even he you know took a step back and realistically the kickers that's coming into the league now you're not getting that like you gotta genuinely hit even Mm -hmm. a guy like Young Hoku before Young Way yeah Young Way Young Young way before he found that spot in the Falcons, he was on different teams and was not kicking well. So mm-hmm. you know, people just got to be a bit realistic. No, people don't really like. I Dustin. would, I would much rather be in the spot we are now with Dustin yeah. Hopkins than go back to kicker limbo when we had like Sean Sweezum here for one year. Yeah, we had you know what all saying? those guys like, for like one year at a time come in and be mid and then leave. I would much rather just have a guy who I know will hit like 85, 80 to eighty five percent of his. Kicks. At least you know what you're getting. And the thing with Dustin is. 
well, sometimes when we need him, he does miss. But at the same time, when he's on, he's on. Like, when he's feeling it, he can kick, you know, potentially a 60-yard field goal and make it. And mm-hmm. that's kind of the weird thing about him. He can go and kick a 60-yard field goal and make it. Then, you know, we need that 43-yarder. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the time he's got a... to win the game. He'll, he'll miss it or something. I might catch some flack for this. He's got a little bit of Kai Forbath to him. He's not, he's not yeah, clutch. No, no. Not yeah, clutch. No. He's, uh, he has a better leg, obviously. He's more strength. But... Yeah. He's less accurate than Kai Forbeth, but he's just he has that same lack of clutchness that is. He's a clutch big at the deal. wrong moments. <laughs> yes. Man, i like the Bengals game in London will always haunt me that he just missed a twenty three yarder and just cost us the game. Then, you know, like the tie. next week he kicks a fifty seven field goal and you know, nails it. Like like I said, clutch at the wrong moments. It's crazy. But yeah. But I think with that we're about ready to wrap up. Uh be sure to follow us at Chasing Chip. On all social, or at Chasing Chip on Twitter, at Chasing the Chip on Instagram. Follow our personals at Moe's on Twitter for me, at Dre the Plug for Dre. Uh, I think we will probably have a show in the next couple weeks. Uh, we're not going to talk about the Wizards until he who shall not be named is gone, unless. <laughs> oh, you ain't going to be talking about them for at least another season. We don't got to talk about that. I'm just, I'm praying. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about this briefly before we wrap up then, because Quentin Mayo reported. That there's a chance, it is likely that Scott Brooks is back as the head coach of the Wizards next week. Yeah. Or sometime soon. Bullets Forever came out and said that they haven't made a decision yet. But I'm here to tell you that (laughs) they have. And if Scott Brooks was gone, we would have known it already. The longer they wait, the more I'm at pause. But yeah. You have coaches, you have a coach like Terry Stotts on the market and you didn't make the move. Well, no, Terry Stotts is yeah. not good either, but he's, he's not. He's much better than Scott Brooks. I'm they're, not saying they're pretty close perfect. to me, but it's, it's no. It's fine. Listen, look at what Terry Stotts has done in the Western Conference, right? In and what Scott has not done in the East. I'm not saying that he's a perfect coach. No, I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is, you get Terry Stotts, you're definitely making the playoffs at least as a, in my opinion, as a six five five or six seed. And you know that's not that shouldn't be the it's bar a marginal either, upgrade, but, but it's it's an upgrade. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, bro, he was taking – I mean, obviously he had the roster, but he was going to the Western Conference Finals Yeah, with – in the West with all those teams, you know, doing well. So, for mm-hmm. me, it's like, no, he's not perfect. And, yes, he kind of undersold the Timber the Timberwolves, the Trailblazers. The Trailblazers. But, yeah, the Trailblazers. But he also did some things that Scott Brooks can't even do in the East. But mm-hmm. I've said this before. They're not going to get rid of Scott Brooks, in my opinion. Maybe they will because of how the fan base has reacted to that news. I but hope so. <laughs> I think that a big part of it is Russ and Brad. 100%. And I think that this fan base needs to direct some of the energy that they've been giving Ted to these two players. I'm not saying Believe that- me, if he is back, I will have a yeah. whole rant going off on both of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying that Ted <laughs> should be scot-free, mm-hmm. but I think that too many people ignore that these guys are in his ear directly. And I said this on the show before. If he's he back, it's because they're endorsing it. And I said, I even said that if they made the playoffs as an AC, that he was going to be back. So, he did. yeah, people got to direct. Credit to you. You got it right. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not going to let this team ruin my Sunday. Oh, no. I'm going to continue no, to wrap I up the understand. show. <laughs> <laughs> if this does happen, I will have a whole rant about this. Drew, you can dance on my grave if you want, but yeah. Nah, nah, nah. And, and, to, and to these Russ fans, because all of them was like, oh, we need to leave. It's Scott Brooks back. He's going <laughs> to be back fault. because your guy is endorsing it. That's what's so funny. 
You know what I mean? Like all these fans, all of us fans are talking about how bad the team is and it's got books fault and da da da. And they don't say nothing about their no. guy who's the direct reason for some of this. He's more I will than drop likely this gonna be real quick. Yeah. There was one major reason Russell Westbrook wanted to come to the Wizards. It wasn't just Scott Brooks. Yeah. He was upset with the Houston coaching staff for not letting him play his ball dominant style. Oh, I already know. Yeah. So like, I, I don't, I'll elaborate further on that if Scott is back, but I really want to wrap up the show because I don't want to get no, upset. Let me say one more thing. I said this with both of them. That is going to be another reason. They both like to play how they want to play. Mm-hmm. As good as Bradley Bill is, the ISO ball is another reason why the Wizards struggle. And <laughs> Scott is- Brooks let them do what they want to do, but we can go ahead and wrap up the show and we'll be back. We'll, we'll be back on this if he's back because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I gotta go. I gotta go hang out with my mom. I don't want to yeah. be there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but yeah. With that being said, be sure to follow us on all uh, on all socials. Be sure to follow Phantom on all socials at Phantom Sports Net on Twitter at Phantom Sports Network on Instagram. Yeah, uh, we'll probably have some shows in the off season. Maybe we'll talk a little less about sports and just because nothing is happening. But we'll see. Uh, but with that being said, see you later. <laughs>